Announcing this center conflict, discord, strife, and disagreement. With the media always playing up our differences to create entertaining stories. Civilization is fast losing its civility. In our nation, in government, where the bickering deepens the divide, in our schools, where children kill other children. In workplaces where people should be working towards a common goal. In our homes where love should be the fullest. We have siblings killing siblings, children killing parents, parents killing children and or their spouses. To hear the bells on Christmas Day, to, to do as the lyrics say in the song, I don't know if you caught it, but to hear the bells on Christmas Day, to hear the old familiar carols play of peace on earth, goodwill to men, and to respond with, but there is no peace on earth. Hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. So how is it that on the night that Jesus was born, that the angels praised God, saying in Luke 2:14, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Reading from our series companion book, Rick Warren writes, Much of world history is the story of conflict. And, and he actually wrote this 10 years ago, so consider that as I, I read what else he has to say. He writes, during the past 5,560 years, that have been, there have been nearly 15,000 wars, and these are only the ones we know about. We human beings don't seem very good at living in peace with one another. We're much better at disagreeing, fighting, and feuding. A hundred years ago, popular sentiment believed that if we could just get the world educated then all the world's wars would vanish but after two world wars occurred among the most educated nations in the planet that naive optimism has vanished without a transformation of the heart education simply allows us to think of more sophisticated ways to kill one another. An educated mind does not automatically produce a peaceful heart. What the world desperately needs is reconciliation. Today's message could not come at a more fitting time. It's been said the spirit of reconciliation seems to be in short supply today. What the world needs and needs desperately is reconciliation. And we do too. No family is exempt from conflict and division from time to time. And the holidays, of course, seem to emphasize that all the more. 
And so today's message is not going to be a deep theological presentation on reconciliation. Rather, I want to offer a practical life application message this morning. I wonder maybe that the King James translation doesn't really capture what the angels were saying. It seems to go broader than it should. Goodwill is not to all men, but to those that have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. The New International Version seems to say it best. Again, Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When we've been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, when we place our trust in him, when we stop thinking that we know what is best for our lives, when we stop doing things our way and instead trust him to uh, bring about what it is that he knows that we need in our lives, we will have peace on earth. Peace with God, the peace of God, and peace with others. So as we continue our series this morning, The Purpose of Christmas, today I want to share on a time for reconciliation. I always think it's good to start with an explanation of what something is, and I think it provides us that that common ground in order to have understanding and, and application. And so let me first start by defining reconciliation. Reconciliation is an element of salvation. Salvation, of course, being the forgiveness of sin and an eternal life provided to us through Christ's death on the cross. We talked about that already this morning, where he defeated death and he rose again. We also talked about salvation last week, and so if you missed that, I encourage you to pull that message up and it'll tie in with today, because reconciliation is an element of salvation. If we look at reconciliation in, in the big picture, the, we, we, it's, it's that end of estrangement caused by the original sin between God and humanity. Reconciliation is the removal of enmity that stands between God and, and his people accomplished by Jesus' death. Individually, reconciliation is the bringing of you and me to God in a restored relationship through Christ. God is the author of reconciliation. Christ is the agent. Reading again from our companion book, Rick Warren writes, Reconciliation is the restoration of peace. It is the powerful cure for broken lives and relationships. And Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, verse 11, says, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. When we're reconciled to God through Christ, we have peace with God. We also have the peace of God. I was visiting with someone earlier this week and and they had asked the question, and I think in part it was a rhetorical question, but they said, why wasn't I scared when I was diagnosed with cancer? Philippians 4, verse 7 says, a good answer for us. 
then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It guards us from the fear of the known and the unknown. When we look to the sovereign Lord, knowing that everything that is going on around us, everything that is happening to us, even those things that are happening inside of us, he's not only aware of those things, he's more powerful than anything and everything that we will face. It's learning to trust him. Reconciliation is a right relationship restored because we trust God. We have his peace because we know that he's trustworthy but yet, we, I also believe that it is a process of learning to trust him more and more. In fact, this week I was talking with a, a sister in Christ, uh, another believer, and, and I was sharing about having uh, dealing with this difficult thing in my life. Yes, pastors are real people, and they have stuff that they're having God work on as well. And I said, I feel like that man who asked for prayer for his son his son to be set free from the evil spirits and who wanted to destroy him. And, and maybe you remember that story where the father approaches Jesus and says this, have mercy on us and help us if you can. And Jesus looks at him and responds with a question. He said, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes, Christ responded. And the father instantly cries out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And I think that's sometimes how we can be. We believe our Heavenly Father offered forgiveness for sin and reconciliation to us while we were still sinners, enemies of God. So we believe him to be loving and compassionate and caring, yet sometimes we question whether that peace that he offers will be real to us in our circumstances. We believe, yet we need help with our unbelief. Understanding the grace that we stand in through reconciliation and the peace of God that is available to us is a process. The peace of God develops it more fully as we grow in our relationship with the Lord. But reconciliation that we've received gives us peace with God. It also gives us the peace of God and the peace with others. Now this may be news for some of you, but being at peace with others can be challenging. Maybe you've never recognized that. That was supposed to be funny to kind of lighten it a little bit. Okay, anyway. The Bible tells us, though, blessed are the peacemakers. But the Bible never promises us that being a peacemaker is going to come easily. And so what I want to do is I want to share some very practical insights, reading from the, the book Purpose of Christmas, as Warren answers the question, what does it mean to be a peacemaker? He says it's not avoiding contact or conflict. It's not running from a problem or pretending it doesn't exist. In fact, it's been said that, you know, time heals all wounds, but I don't believe that to be true. In fact, I think that Time only moves that pain below the surface where it's going to affect other relationships. And so we are foolish to not address conflict. 
Rick Warren continues, when someone says, I don't want to talk about it when in a conflict, he says that's cowardice, not peacemaking. When you delay dealing with a conflict, it only grows larger and deeper. Peacemaking is not appeasement either. Always giving in and allowing people to get their way is passivity, not peacemaking. Jesus never said you must be a doormat or a chameleon and lose your identity. In fact, Jesus never allowed others to define him. To work for peace means you actively seek to end conflicts. You take the initiative in promoting reconciliation when relationships break down, and you offer forgiveness to those who have hurt you. You pass on to others the same grace that God has shown you. Many people are reluctant to reconcile strained relationships because they don't understand the difference between forgiveness and trust or the difference between reconciliation and resolution. They're afraid that if they reconcile, they'll have to return to a hurtful or a dysfunctional relationship. That is a misunderstanding of reconciliation. You see, reconciliation focuses on the relationship. Resolution is immediate, or resolution focuses on the problem. You may not be able to resolve the problem. That's just the reality sometimes. But you can still have reconciliation if you use the biblical approach of respecting the other person, seeing that they have worth in God's eyes, and earnestly desiring to end the hostility. What about forgiveness and trust? Forgiveness should be immediately offered. We do that for the benefit of the other person. We also do it as an act of obedience to God. But we also benefit when we offer forgiveness right away. Because we know that unforgiveness can cause us to become bitter. And we want to guard against that. It's also been that harboring unforgiveness towards someone is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Unforgiveness will only bring us harm. Sometimes we have to start with, God just help me to want to forgive though. Even though it's immediate to, to forgive, it's still a process of forgiving. Restoring trust is different than forgiveness. Warren writes, trust is about all about the future and it must be earned over time. Trust can be lost in a second, but it takes a long time to rebuild. And so if you have ever been physically or mentally in an abusive relationship, God does expect you to forgive because he knows that you're going to benefit from that. So forgive that person. But God does not expect you to continue to be subjected to abuse. The Bible says in Romans 12, 18, If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Again, I, I just want to offer some practical life application here. And so to start with, I do believe that in the matter of, of conflict, we would benefit greatly if we would guard our hearts against the spirit of offense. 
What I mean is to give the person the benefit of the doubt that maybe there was a misunderstanding, maybe what they said wasn't exactly what they intended to say, maybe how you received it wasn't what they had even actually said. And so to extend the benefit of the doubt to them and to quickly forgive if there was a misunderstanding. We don't always know what's going on in a person's life either, and so we always want to extend grace. The reality is, is our, in our humanness, we will misunderstand others. They will also misunderstand us. We will fail others just as others will fail us. James chapter 3, verse 2 says, Indeed, we all make mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Reconciliation with others requires humility on our part but especially when we are the ones who have caused the conflict. The word of God encourages us to deal with it in a timely manner. Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go, first to be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. God wants us to deal with our conflicts. We also want to ask God to help us to not evaluate others from a human point of view, but with God's point of view. That we would see God as he sees them. Or that we would see people as God sees them. That everyone has value because of Christ. I think it's also very helpful to guard against conflict if we Don't put unrealistic expectations on people. I can't say how many times that I've I've seen conflict arise between two people because either one or both of them had expectations of the other person um, in fulfilling a need that they, they thought that that person could fill. When in all reality, God was the only one who could fill that need for that person. And so we want to make sure that we aren't expecting things of people that only God can provide for us. We also want to remember to pray for one another. There is power by inviting God to be involved in our conflicts through prayer. We know that prayer changes us, and so we can go into resolving that conflict with the right attitude. We also want to be okay that others do not have to agree when we're right. Even when in truth and reality we are right, we have to be okay that not everybody's going to agree or say that we're right. That one's a hard one. But it really isn't a matter of winning, but rather one of unity. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And if there is a conflict, as we know that there will be, we want to go the biblical route given to us in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. And and I'm going to read this from the message because Eugene Peterson just writes it out so well in language that we would use today and I think will help us to grasp it better. He translates it this way. He says, if a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell him. 
work it out between the two of you. If he listens, you've made a friend. If he won't listen, take one or two others along so that the presence of witnesses will keep things honest and try again. If he won't listen, tell the church. If he won't listen to the church, you'll have to start over from scratch. Confront him with the need for repentance and offer again God's forgiving love. There's power when we try to resolve conflict using biblical principles. Lastly, remember who's behind the conflict. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. It's much easier to reconcile with others when we'll not only remember uh, the, who our battle is against, ultimately, but all the other biblical truths about reconciliation. One last point um, before I offer some concluding thoughts on the purpose of Christmas, a time for reconciliation. God is the author of reconciliation. Christ is the agent of it. And we are the ambassadors. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. Paul writes, and all of this, all of this meaning receiving salvation through faith in Christ and having a new life, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through, uh, appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. As followers of Jesus, we've been given this ministry of reconciliation. We are ambassadors. We are representatives. With God's help, we can live out this wonderful message of reconciliation before a world that does not have peace with God. Colossians 1.20 says, Through him, meaning Jesus, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. That's true. But though he has made peace with everything, not everyone has received his offer of peace through Christ. We are ambassadors, representatives of Christ's reconciliation. We are to share this wonderful message with everyone that God brings into our lives, and it will be often more readily accomplished by our actions and attitudes as we handle conflict in a biblical manner, a manner that glorifies God. You see, our hearts should beat the same as, it, as God's does that none should perish and remain separated from him, but that all would come to repentance and be reconciled to God through Christ, the Prince of Peace. 
as God reconciles us to himself through Jesus, he calls us to be those representatives of Christ's in reconciliation. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, pursue peace with all men. This is instructions to the church. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. As we live out God refining us, even through conflict, the world will see that we handle it differently when we follow the biblical principles God lays out for us. As far as it depends on us, we are to live at peace with everyone. We are to work at living a life that pleases God for our conduct and witness. Through that conduct and witness, the world will see the Lord. The purpose of Christmas, a time for salvation, or a time for reconciliation. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. One last thought from Rick Warren. The reality is, he says, that there will never be peace on earth in this world until there's peace within nations. And there will never be peace in our nation until there's peace in our communities. And there won't be peace in our communities until there's peace in our families. And there won't be peace in our families until there is peace in our individual lives. And that won't happen until the Prince of Peace reigns in our hearts. I think that we can agree that there is not peace in the world, our nation, our community, and maybe not even in our families. But we can still have peace in our individual lives if Jesus reigns in our hearts. So my question to you this morning is, is Jesus Christ the peace, our Prince of Peace, reigning in your heart this morning? It all starts with acknowledging him asking for forgiveness for our sins. It's that receiving salvation by receiving him as our Savior. God wants us to experience that peace through a restored relationship with him. That's the starting point for having peace with God. And Pat's trying to turn down the music for me. He's not sure what's going on. That's all right. That's why reconciliation ties in with salvation. Got to have salvation in order to be reconciled with God. And so if you don't have that this morning, of course, we want to make that available to you. That's the starting point of having peace with God. You don't have to come up front. When I close in prayer, I would just ask that you would whisper your decision to receive Christ as your Savior, that you would have peace this Christmas season through him. And then just let me know because I want to be on that wonderful journey with you. But maybe you're here today and, and you know Jesus and you have peace with God through him. You know that to be true. You have that knowledge in your head, but sometimes you struggle with really experiencing it. Maybe the circumstances and worry are outweighing the peace right now for you. Or maybe it's a burden of physical pain or illness. And we do believe that there is power in prayer. 
and and the prayer team is going to be up front at the end of the service and so we want to believe with you in prayer this morning for God's peace to to fill your heart even though you have circumstances that are difficult but also maybe you're here today and and the Lord has been whispering to you, showing you this morning that there's somebody that you need to be reconciled with. I encourage you, don't put that off. Don't put it off just because you don't like conflict. I don't think anybody likes conflict. So I encourage you, don't delay. Don't let that uh, conflict rob you from the peace that God wants you to have. And so if that's you this morning, again, we're going to have the prayer team available. And maybe you just want to pray for the courage and the right spirit or maybe for the Lord to help facilitate that reconciliation. You can be assured that you will be praying in God's will or the prayer team will be praying in God's will because God wants reconciliation to happen between people. He wants to help you. And so as agents of of God's peace and reconciliation. We're just going to sing a song together um, and then I'll come up and pray afterwards. But it's just uh, encouraging us to, to be open, to be used by God in, in reconciling um, not only our differences that we have with people, but also um, being an agent of bringing reconciliation to the world. You can stay seated if you want. You can stand. It's entirely up to you. We're just going to sing the song together and then I'll pray before we close.
let it start in me. Let there be peace. Let it start in me. Representatives of God's reconciliation to the world. May peace start with us. Will you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the work that you have done on the cross, for our salvation, and reconciliation is an element of it. And when we are reconciled, that relationship restored back to you, we have peace. And Lord, the world is desperately needing your peace. May we be ambassadors, representatives of your reconciliation, of your peace, so that the world can see that peace is possible but only through Christ Jesus, Emmanuel. Lord, help us, I pray, to not fear conflict, but to approach it in biblical principles, Lord. Because we know that when we do that, Lord, you will be involved, you will be glorified, and you will help us. Lord, may this holiday season, this Christmas time, be a time where we seek to be at peace with all men, as far as it depends on us, that we would be at peace with all men. May peace start with us, and may you be glorified. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen.